Well, do we have even more quarterback drama than what we thought that we were going to have oh, no. after uh, just just asking? Hey, you got to admit it is very interesting that OU just throws out a quarterback offer yesterday while Michael Hawkins Jr. is at TCU. I'm not saying that that means they think Michael Hawkins Jr. is going to TCU. All I'm saying is it's it's, it's interesting. It's a message. It's calculated. It's a chess move for Jeff Levy and the OU staff. The offer to Samaj Jones. Because, look, you offer a kid from Pennsylvania that already has a Penn State offer, that's not a kid you're counting on getting, Tyler. Yeah. That's yeah, not a kid. State crystal ball in for him as well. Exactly. That's not a kid that you offer and you worry, oh, boy, is he going to commit on the spot and we're going to have to take him? No, that's not going to happen. You make an offer like that to send a shot across the bow and let the Hawkins family know, hey, look, we're not going to wait forever. So you're still number one on our board. Obviously, Hawkins is visiting Oklahoma this week, but that's Jeff Levy's way of saying, hey, if this thing's going to get dragged out, we got options too. And look, I, I don't think it's going to get dragged out. I think he'll be committed by the end of the month one way it's or like, another. But, hey, man, we want you. You know we want you. You know what? you're our number one option. Anytime you want to commit, we'll take your commitment right now. You can be the first member of the 2024 class. But just to let you know, I got options as well. <laughs> if you want to drag this thing out, if you want to think you want to go to TCU, I, I got options as well, just like you do. Also, so, speaking speaking uh, of drama, did you see Jaden Gibson's tweet? Yes, I did earlier today. <laughs> yes. He tweets, the odds ain't ever been in my favor, ever. I read that and I'm like, man, you're six foot five with four six speed. What odds were against you? Pray tell. Just catch the ball, Jaden, and the odds will be ever in your favor. They'll be all. I mean, you'll have all the odds, like you said. Six foot five. You run that fast. Just catch the ball, Jaden, and things yeah. will turn out well. For Already you. too much drama in my life in the month of March. Well, we're speculating as to. Uh, well, maybe we're not so much speculating. Maybe you heard yesterday as to why a new quarterback offer was put out for Samaj Jones, five eleven, two hundred three, out of Philly. He's got a uh, Penn State crystal ball in right now. How about this as a theory as to why they threw out the offer? Maybe. His name is so close to Samaj P. Rhines that they are taking like the OU softball approach because Jocelyn Allo just got done with a record-setting career. The best hitter in college softball history just left OU last year, and her name was Jocelyn Allo. Now they've got a true freshman, Jocelyn Erickson, and she's just tearing the cover off the ball right now. So maybe OU football is just saying, okay, anytime we can find a recruit – with a name that's that is or close to one of our greats, we're just going to take that player and see how it works out. And I'm trying to figure out some other names that they've uh, maybe need to do that with. Adrian Peterson, there was Adrian Taylor after him. Uh, Billy Sims, now there's Billy Bowman. Sam Bradford, there was Sam Proctor and even Sam Omasigo, even though he calls himself Sammy Omasigo. So maybe maybe that's the, just the strategy, Parker. We got a historic player with a name like that. We'll just we'll we'll offer him a scholarship and see what happens. That tracks. That tracks. It's no, out. I, it's it's an out there theory, and I really don't believe it. But Samaj is very close to Samaj. Eh? That it is. But that kid's not going to end up at Oklahoma. Let's just be clear on that right now. No, that the, is a strategic offer. No, I a mean highly strategic offer. That's the thing is, even though we're getting more drama with this 2024 quarterback cycle than we thought, 
the the overwhelming thought hasn't changed. You know, still everyone thinks. I guess I can't speak from the TCU side, but it feels like everyone from the OU side still thinks. Yeah, maybe there's been a couple more quarterback offers than what you thought there was going to be, but everyone still believes that OU's the heavy favorite for Michael Hawkins. Maybe I don't it, know if everybody believes that uh, from the OU I, side. I, I believe that you don't think I everyone think from pl- the OU side does. That's, that's oh, from, the, from the OU side. That's yes. what I'm saying. Well, I yes. can't speak for the TCU side, but from the OU side, I believe that's that. It feels like that's the case. There are certain fans that do not think so, but you know, are those whatever. the same fans that are calling him trash? And if he were to commit somewhere else, would be really, really upset and say that Jeff Lebby can't land top quarterbacks. Is that? I feel like that would be the take. Yeah, somebody. So I was reading through the message boards today, which is always a recipe for disaster, and I saw somebody say. Clearly, he doesn't really want to be a Sooner. This kid's a diva. Let's move on. I'm like, it's March. Seriously? We're going we're gonna to throw the diva label on him in March because he's torn between two schools? Let's be clear. Right now, there are dudes dropping top 20s. There are dudes dropping top 16s. I will never forget Chris McClellan's top 17, Yeah, which was literally all his offers except Oklahoma State. Yeah. Very random number, 17. Michael Hawkins is deciding between two schools hey, in March. If if you want to see some uh, divas out there in this class, we can easily point you their way. But I would agree with you, man. Michael Hawkins, if you're down to a final two in March, that in itself is grounds for not calling someone a diva. And, and it, we're still very early on in the cycle. So, yeah, I, I would I would cool the Jets with that one. Um, defensive linemen, you've got a couple of those big four on the move this weekend. Actually, a few of them. williams Winery will be in Norman for this big junior day. We've been telling you about that all week long. Looks like David Stone's going to be at A&M this weekend, huh? <laughs> huh? Trip to Aggieland. Wonder uh, what kind of offer he's going to leave A&M with, the five-star defensive lineman. And I think who is – no, Michael Patterson-McDonald's not going with him to A&M. But they are going to OU together next week, and then they're going to Michigan State together the following day. So, at David Stone, I we're, we're just we're, – no, no, I, I'm i going to resist the urge. We're not going to dive into the David Stone recruitment. Okay. He's visiting A&M. He's visiting OU. He's visiting Michigan State. All of that is happening within and the Arkansas next two weeks. as well in the, that in is the future. Uh, I guess Wilt Fong is saying now that Wisconsin is making a move. They are rising in this. Yeah, I read earlier today that Wilt Fong said that. And obviously, he knows what he's talking about. Like, Wisconsin, of all places? I know they got a really good defensive-minded head coach in Luke Fickle, but where's Wisconsin coming from when it comes to to David Stone? Wisconsin is very much in the mix for Peyton Pierce as well. But, like, that's an example. And I'm not calling David Stone a diva, but if we're going to throw the diva label around, trust me, there are umpteen kids right now that are entertaining the advances of 10 or 12 schools or even more at this point in the process. A diva is not a kid that is torn between two programs in the month of March and looking at committing within the next several weeks. Zadavian Sims, four-star defensive lineman out of the state of Oklahoma, will be on the move this weekend as well. He will be at USC this weekend. USC this weekend, Michigan State later on in the month. And look, I think I speak for everyone on this. Zadavian Sims is considered the fourth best defensive lineman out of the big four by most people. Um, this is a battle that you cannot let Muleshoe win. You want to okay. talk about some people getting upset about that one? Um, that that wouldn't be that wouldn't be 
received very well. And let's just all get on the same page with this right now. USC is not a player for Zadavian Sims. Not a serious one, at least. His 7-on-7 team is going out there for a tournament. So their entire 7-on-7 team is visiting USC. It's not a visit that Zadavian Sims is making in isolation or just because all of a sudden he's got a ton of interest in what Muleshoe is selling out there in L.A. It's simply a visit that's being taken for the sake of convenience. His whole 7-on-7 team is visiting both USC and UCLA this weekend. Well, still, the point stays. (laughs) Do not let... I, and I don't, I, I don't trust Muleshoe to land an elite defensive lineman from the state of Oklahoma, but that would be in everyone's best interest around here if that were to not ever become a thing. Uh, 918, tweet about how he can't be bought right after the Hicks situation, then goes and visits Texas A&M. Oh, yeah, because a visit to A&M means it's going to turn into an NIL war. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying it's not. But what I am saying is that's uh, it feels like a v- it feels like a real stretch to say that he's visiting Texas A&M, therefore he can be bought. Money isn't the only reason kids visit Texas A&M. Fred says, five-star defensive line, OU lean, visiting Aggieland. He gone. But seriously, David Stone seems to really like, uh, really like attention more than most. Come on, Fred. We can't have the negative vibes here in early March. And I think that you were kidding a little bit about saying that he, he gone. But that's going to be a thing, I guess, for at least a couple of years. If you feel like OU has a chance with an elite defensive lineman and they go visit A&M, well, he's going to leave with the massive six-figure offer. You're going to have to battle that one. That one's not going to be easy to win. All that to say, even after a top-five recruiting class, we're still not over the uh, DJ Hicks heartbreak, I don't think. It's, and it's, you know, it's going to take that, a while that, for that. That'll linger. That'll linger. Time heals all wounds, but that wound will take a substantial amount of time to heal. David Stone said he grew up in Wisconsin in Fong's article, so I guess that's uh, that's the link to that. So, okay. Johnny from UConn says, how is Eric McCarty doing? He's still uh, nursing that injury that he suffered uh, his senior year, correct? He is, and he will be back to full speed by the time fall camp rolls around. I, I really don't expect him to play. Feels like a redshirt year. Just, yeah, because, yeah, you know. Coming off an injury like that and knowing that he can take a red shirt and not have to worry about trying to get on the field in a crowded safety room as a freshman, it feels like for many reasons the safe bet will be that McCarty red shirts in year one. And and maybe that would be the case even if he was 100% healthy and didn't suffer that injury last year. You know, maybe not. Like, he's he's a really good player, and maybe he would have factored into that safety room, but – yeah, there, there, there's some, there's definitely some talent there. There's some incoming talent, and there's some returning talent. So this feels like a redshirt year. Let's get your body back. Let's let's do some things in the weight room, and then year two on campus is when I think we're going to start talking about uh, Eric McCarty a lot more. And we will, more. and we will start talking about him at some point. That isn't a dude that's going to disappear into depth chart oblivion. He's a good football player. Yeah, sure he is. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Junior day coming up. We got a decent list of uh, in-state kids going to be in town this weekend at uh, junior day. You've got one Norman North kid, correct? Harrison Utley. Yeah, Harrison Utley will be there. Not an offer guy yet. Yet. Maybe that's we'll going to see come if that soon. changes. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439. Hit us up on the text line. More to come next right here on The Ref.
Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide today. Santan Valley, Arizona. Blackfoot, Idaho has checked in via the ref app. Hello. Littleton, Colorado. Mansfield, Texas. I'm totally going to but- butcher this next one, but it's in the state of, Nain, uh, state of Maine. Houghton, Maine. H-O-U-L-T-O-N. Anyone know how to pronounce that? that well, town I'm going to say Houghton. Houghton, Maine. Okay, sounds good to me. Small town of the day. Has Okarchi ever made a, an appearance? I don't believe it has. Yeah, fried chicken. Fried go. chicken and small school basketball. That's what Okarchi does best. They do two things. Well, they probably do t- more than two things really well, but they do those two things really well. Fried chicken and uh, small town high school basketball. Hey, a uh, decent number of new offers are out right now for OU. Caleb Mitchell Irving. Four-star defensive lineman just got an offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a Michigan offer, an Oregon offer, a Nebraska, Penn State, Tennessee, Texas, A&M. Uh, 6'2", 255 out of Dallas. What do you know about uh, Caleb Mitchell Irving? Uh, not a whole heck of a lot yet, I'll be honest. But, yeah, another defensive line offer, another guys that uh, the Sooners have been keeping an eye on for a while. It's kind of too early to tell how much sway that they're going to have in that recruitment, but obviously we know what the priorities at defensive line are, and we know who Oklahoma's going to be going after until they get told no. Three-star offensive lineman Gage Ginther out of Fort, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Going back to the state of Colorado for an offensive lineman. Is Colorado about to become an uh, Oklahoma offensive line pipeline? Yeah, there's a story for you on OUinsider.com. An offensive line pipeline. <laughs> well, they got yeah. they got one last year. With they Josh did get Pitts. one last year, and they came close to getting another one a couple years back. George Fitzpatrick was that last cycle, or was that two cycles ago? I don't know, but I think he OV'd to Oklahoma, if my memory serves me correctly. But yeah, Colorado produces a few offensive linemen every year. Gage Ginther, to my knowledge, I think he's a Nebraska lean right now. And we mentioned Harrison Utley. That could be a guy that gets an offer. If he gets an offer, he's going to be a Sooner. Sure. Like that's, I would hope that's abundantly clear. But to me, I'm more focused right now on some of the local guys that Oklahoma's really started to heat up on, i.e. Caden Massey, three-star kid out of the state of Kansas. Four-star Iowa offensive lineman Grant Bricks is going to visit this weekend. I think Oklahoma has a real chance to make a serious move there. And then, gosh, who else is there? Casey Poe, Lindale, Texas. Yeah. Really like Oklahoma standing in that race as well. I also saw an offer, I believe it was today, for five-star athletes, and I believe he's a 2025 kid, DJ Pickett, DJ out of the Pickett. state of Florida. Yes, sir. Yeah, he. What is he? he's already rated a top 25, top 30 player in 2025, correct? Yeah, I'll have to see him visit OU before I take the Sooners seriously in the race for his pledge. But, yeah, another big offer. Okay, 918. I feel like I never hear about us offering any five star recruits. Am I crazy or what's up with that? I mean, you just got three five stars in the uh, previous class. Yeah, OU offers five stars. And yes. Well, generally, the reason you don't hear about it is because they offer them before they're five stars, i.e., Will Nwineri, David Stone. Gosh, who else have they offered that's a five star? Edric Houston wasn't a five star when Oklahoma offered. A lot of these guys, the Sooners are good about getting on pretty early. Well, I mean, just right now, they have two offers at defensive line that are five stars, and there may be a day where Nigel Smith is a five star to make that number three. So, no, OU is – look, I I think we, we can pretty much we, – we could probably agree with this. Like, Alabama and Georgia are getting the most five stars in recruiting right now. I don't think that that's going to change here moving forward. And I don't think that OU is going to be a, a, a class that you're going to see have, 
seven to eight five stars every single year, but is OU going to have classes moving forward with two to three, maybe even four five stars in it? Yeah, yes. I, I think that that's kind of the that's the range that you're looking at. But I, I don't I don't necessarily see a day, at least here in the immediate future, where OU has seven, eight, nine, five stars like some of these Georgia and Alabama classes have. That doesn't mean that they can't be really good recruiting classes. That doesn't mean that they can't win a national championship. That doesn't mean that they can't finish in the top five. They had, again, three last year and finished in the top five. I just think that that's what five-star recruiting is going to look like here moving forward. On the text line, is there any interest on either side for Terrence Moore out of Florida? He's sneaky good, and he is. But Oklahoma kind of has their sights set elsewhere in terms of wide receivers right now. Bryant Wesco a guy that OU is very high on and that is very high on Oklahoma. We've talked about his connections to OU in the past, got a sister that plays soccer at OU. Uh, beyond that, you got Zion Carney, Zion Reagans, Isaiah McMorris, uh, K.J. Daniels visiting this weekend, as is Javarius Green, who doesn't have an offer yet but could get one. So Emmett Jones has some options, and it doesn't seem like Terrence Moore is one of the guys he's really pressing hard for. Yeah, uh, what, Bryant Wesco, who – you put in a – that was the live crystal ball that you put in it on was. the show, correct? It was. Uh, your boy Drum just put in a crystal ball for him last night, put him at a six oh, on the uh, tennis scale. We love to see it. <laughs> we do love to see it. You're right. I love to see – see, here. here's the next step. Um, Steely's out tomorrow. Are, are you going to have Brandon on? Are you, are you going to have Brandon on? We will uh, have Brandon on. Okay. I just ask him maybe. I would love for him to fire off a live crystal ball while on the air, like I got you to a few weeks ago. Okay, I just, I'll see what just I can do. Brandon, if you're listening, I don't know, just something to think about. It would be fun to say I'm putting in a crystal ball right now as we speak. Content-wise, I think that that would be fantastic, especially if you were to put one in for williams Winery just to get everyone's hopes up. Huh? Yeah, there we go, Brandon. Think about doing that one. Uh, Sooner Gundy says there's only a little over 30 five-star athletes in a cycle. Hard to offer all of them. Yeah, That's a great point. Yeah, way more four-stars than there are five-stars. Especially like. when you know pretty early on that there are some guys you're just not going to have a shot at. Like, if there's a five-star in Georgia's backyard or Alabama's backyard, odds are those guys are going to either Georgia or Alabama. Well, now, and, and OU recruits a certain type, too. I, and I understand that they recruited uh, DJ Hicks and, well – we all know what we think of that situation and what happened, but I think OU, there are times if there is a high-level five-star and it's known what their biggest interest is, which is NIL, I think OU normally stays away from those types of situations. Yeah. So, And there, and, and there are definitely five-stars that have that mentality. And right of, wrong, those, of those 30, 35 five-stars, generally, I would say six or seven of them are going to be quarterbacks. And you can only oh, true. Well, you last can only year's, take one quarterback. Last right? year, how many five-star quarterbacks do we yeah. have? Nico, you had Arch, you had JFA, you had Dante Moore. That's Malachi. Four, that's five. Yeah, yeah. Jaden Rashad was a five-star. Um, so they're doing their due diligence with five stars. And again, they got the most five stars in a class they've gotten since. Spencer Rattler and the three five-star wide receivers showed up on campus. So how about uh, right. how about old Jalen Redmond running an unofficial four eight five? Yeah, that's what Victoria, Victoria just texted us. Thank you. Text Thank you. Is Victoria going to be our um, NFL Combine insider or update anchor? I'm down for that. I would like that very much. We want to give her that assignment. That's cool. Sure. Yes, please. I think okay. it'd be great. Um, who do you think is going to blow it out of the water this week in Indy? OU wise, of course. 
I'm real curious to see if Marvin Mims breaks 4-5. Because when C.D. Lamb ran a 4-4-8, that was when everybody went, okay, like this is this guy's going to be a first-round pick. I'm curious how much Marvin Mims' stock will rise if he can match what C.D. Lamb ran or even go a bit faster. And I am also intrigued to see what Braden Willis's numbers look like because that's a guy you flip on his 2022 tape there are a lot of NFL teams that have fallen in love with Braden Willis now the question becomes is he going to test as well as he performed in well, 2022 yeah is he going to test and he doesn't have need to have just crazy numbers but he needs to have you know good numbers because he'll kill it in that in those interview settings and it sounds like those interviews are just as important to some teams and to some positions than actually what happens in the underwear Olympics out there. you, you got to think Braden Willis is going to fare very well in those one-on-one interviews with those teams. He'll, he'll get an opportunity somewhere. Oh, he'll get an opportunity. And I, I think he'll be off the board in the early stages of day three. I think he's a fourth, fifth round guy. Zane says, does David Stone not have a girlfriend we can offer a scholarship to? Parker did tell this fan base that the David Stone recruitment would be drawn out, and that's because of the people around him, not necessarily because of David. With that said, let us all remember to pull our panties out of a wad when David gets attention from other schools. Thank you, Zane, for being rational. I appreciate you and those of your kind on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 918, didn't we all think the relationship would overcome the bag with DJ Hicks? I'm staying optimistic and trust Todd Bates, just saying, dang it, if this happens twice, it will suck. <laughs> yeah, just 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 put your heart out there again, guys. Just here's, go ahead and do it. This, this is the way of uh, recruiting. Here's the difference. A, DJ Hicks lived a lot closer to College Station than he did to Norman. And B, Oklahoma had an investment package set aside for DJ Hicks. And it was pretty substantial. Ultimately, it was not enough. The powers that be, the financial powers that be, that have a vested interest in Oklahoma football are not going to let themselves get outbid twice in a row for five-star defensive linemen, especially when the second of those two comes from within state lines. So, Whatever it takes to get David Stone on campus and in the Crimson and Cream, trust me, the fo- those folks are going to do it. Yeah, how many times do we talk about or see on the text line like, guys, come on. Hey, it, it's time. It, it's time to start landing some of these defensive linemen and maybe start landing multiple of these defensive linemen. The staff needs to realize that. The staff is full aware that they need to start landing big-time defensive linemen with the move to the SEC coming up in 2024. And like you said, I think that they are going to do, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to offer $8 million to one of these defensive linemen, but they'll do what's necessary, what's in their best interest to land some of these defensive linemen. They understand, just like the rest of us, how critical it is that they start to get elite defensive linemen. I have no doubt about that. Uh, from the 918, hear me out. Tyler Parker, y'all should start a KREF crystal ball. It's not an official 24-7 crystal ball, but it's like a, I'm going to put in a KREF crystal ball for this kid, but I'm not very confident enough to put it on a 24-7 crystal ball just yet. I'm sure I didn't word it right, but y'all know what I mean. Yeah, I'm I, all in. All in on this. I, I'm, I'm not all in. I, I will a- do it. I need a better sales pitch than that. I give will me, uh, give me more compelling reason as to why this is necessary. Here's my sales pitch: If we can uh, get it sold to someone 
Okay. Well, hey, trust. I'll do just about anything on air if we can get it sold to someone and bring some money in. If anyone is interested in sponsoring the K Ref Crystal here, Ball, now here's oh, a buddy, man. I'll throw out some crazy crystal balls. Trust me. Here is a man that's all about the bag, right here. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Call me. Call me DJ Hicks. Yes. I'm all, I'm all. I'm all about the bag. Uh, we've got so many texts to get to. Jeff and DFW says so. No David Stone Day. I mean, you never know. We might get a little crazy. Still have a David Stone day. I'm putting my heart out there. I'm ready to get hurt again, guys. I'm not backing down just because I suffered a few heartbreaks in the last cycle. Putting myself out there again. This is the world of recruiting. It's what you got to do. 405-651-3439. More to come next. Uh, I can't tell you how much I love the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It just makes me laugh every single day. Looking for a new sponsor for the uh, KREF Crystal Ball feature? (laughs) Text line says, Manscaped presents KREF Crystal Balls. God, you guys are just fantastic. If Manscaped is interested in a partnership, absolutely. We could do the Manscaped uh, KREF Crystal Balls here on the show. I'll throw out some crazy ones, too. Crystal balls is what I'm talking about. Okay, there. okay. I was wondering, that's a little little ambiguous there yeah. for a second. I was like, uh, oh. By the way, we, we need to uh, give out a couple of tickets to the OKC Auto Show this weekend. So if you would like to go to the OKC Auto Show starting tomorrow, it is at the OKC Fairgrounds. Uh, text White Buffalo to the Air Comfort Solutions. Love text it. Line, 405-651-3439. Wouldn't that be a funny inside joke? That only a few people at the OKC Auto Show would get <laughs> if the White Buffalo was just randomly at the OKC Auto Show. That would be amazing. Yeah, just walking through, looking at all these high-end luxury cars, and boom, there's a 2016 Nissan Rogue <sighs> parked amidst it all. That's the White Buffalo. That they would probably get the most photos there. You know, they probably would honestly. More well known than any other car that's probably at the OKC Auto Show out there at the uh, fairgrounds. Chris Plank going to be out there tomorrow, by the way, from uh, nine to noon. Okay, so you have a uh, story out on OUinsider.com. March momentum. Five prospects for whom OU could take the lead for this month. Would you care to run down some of the prospects that you have that maybe OU doesn't lead for right now, but you could see that flipping this month? Well, yeah, I already mentioned a couple of them. Grant Bricks and Caden Massey, two offensive linemen from the Midwest that I think are really good cultural fits at Oklahoma. And then when you look at their offer sheets, OU – is among the more prestigious offers, if not the outright most prestigious offer that each of those two individuals have. So they're both going to be visiting OU this month, Bricks this weekend on Saturday, and Massey on the 25th. I'm I'm more confident in Massey to end up in the class right now than Bricks, but Bricks is a higher-ranked guy right now, four-star, uh, top 250 guy in the 24-7 sports composite. So if OU can make some headway there this weekend, Bill Biedenboe could be on the way to sign in another really, really strong class. And Massey's only a three-star right now, but, oh, boy, ask anybody that's watched that guy, anybody around the Kansas it's, it's City It's good area. eval by the staff. Oh, man. Yeah. Six foot eight, Tyler. Woo. Six foot eight. Huh. Oh, okay. Super impressive athletic profile, plays basketball. Uh, can he's got he can jump out the gym. He's one of those guys that moves a lot more fluidly and a lot more easily than a guy that's six foot eight reasonably should. So I'm really high on Caden Massey. A lot of folks locally are, and I think the odds are right now he ends up in OU's class. Uh, anyone else in that top five to uh, to note? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, 
KJ Daniels, I mentioned earlier in the show as well. Wide receiver out of the state of Louisiana. Here's the thing. Like many kids in Louisiana, he grew up rooting for LSU. Grew up dreaming of wearing the purple and gold. If he ever gets the LSU offer, could be ball that game. thing's probably over. Yep. But LSU seems to have their sights set elsewhere right now with the wide receiver position in the class of 2024. OU has offered. They are one of just five offers Daniels has. So you flip on his tape, that kid can run. He can really run. Speed demon. OU was early to the table with an offer. That was a guy that Emmett Jones previously had knowledge of while at Texas Tech and I believe offered Daniels at Texas Tech. So pending interest from LSU, I like where OU sits with KJ Daniels. Well, we had a conversation last Friday. I, okay, which states do – or which which programs do the best job of locking in in-state talent? And here recently, you definitely have to look towards Alabama and Georgia. They've done a great job. Historically – um, LSU's done about as good of a job as anyone in college football of keeping elite talent in state. Now, Bama, over the course of the past 10 years, has probably done the best job of any other program outside of Louisiana in getting some of that top talent out of the state, but traditionally it's been very hard. A kid that has an LSU offer kind of seems like is almost always going to go to LSU. Urban Meyer said on a podcast a couple weeks ago that he got mad at his recruiting coordinator for scheduling a flight out to Louisiana when he was at the head coach at Florida to go visit a kid. He's like, what are we doing? He's an elite Louisiana kid with an LSU offer. Why are you wasting my time? He's going to LSU. So I would tend to agree with you, man. Like, that's that a Louisiana kid with an LSU offer. They've just – say what you want about LSU, and there's been a lot of peaks and valleys – but that New Orleans area is so critical to them in recruiting, and they've always had a recruiter on staff that really knows that city because it's just a different animal in its own. They've done a great job over the years of you know having the right recruiting staff on uh, you know on on their staff to to lock down Louisiana. So yeah, that that's going to be tough. If he gets the LSU offer. Uh, somebody on the text line said, "Well, can the Massey kid play basketball?" Wouldn't it be nice to have another 6'8 big body You're kidding. on the roster? Though, yeah, I don't know how good a shooter he is. but uh, here, Okay, Green Country listener asks, any 918 targets likely to sign in the 24 class? Let me throw a name out there. It's a guy that hasn't been offered yet. Tulsa Union cornerback Devin Jordan. Six feet, 170 pounds. Holds offers right now from Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and several others. Devin Jordan, that is a name that the OU staff is very aware of and would not be shocking if he picks up an offer in the days ahead. Yeah. Uh, by the way, congratulations to John in Coweta. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, as he says. Uh, he was the first to text in White Buffalo. He's going to the OKC Auto Show this weekend. But I, I'm, I'm going to try to give away uh, – I, I will if I remember. So text line remind me if I – Drop the ball coming up during the rush. Try to give away a uh, pair of tickets every hour, the next three hours uh, coming up on the rush. So, okay, there, there's some optimistic feel there that uh, there's at least five prospects that you think OU could have a chance to uh, maybe flip in the next month. Is it a big deal at all? I, I, I don't necessarily think that it is just because it's so early. But is it a big deal at all that you're going to host a big junior day this weekend and you're not going to have any 2024 commits 
on campus for this event because you don't have any 2024 commits? Is, is that a big deal at all? I, I mean, it would, it would help if you had five or six kids already committed that were there trying to talk to some of these kids, but I, I guess I just don't view it as a huge overall negative. I, I still think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay, too, because I think they have the ultimate centerpiece of their class on campus this weekend in Michael Hawkins. Yes, I still think Michael Hawkins ends up at Oklahoma, folks. I still think OU leads that race, and I think there's a decent chance that we aren't much more than a couple weeks off from a decision. Like I said, my opinion is that Hawkins is committed by the end of March, but we've talked about it all week. With that TCU visit coming on Wednesday, that OU visit coming on Saturday, it may not take till the end of the month sure. for a kid to pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, maybe not on you know this weekend or anything like that, but it could happen soon after for sure. Victoria, our uh, NFL Combine insider, says Jalen Redmond's second attempt was four eight six unofficial. So his first attempt at the forty was a four eight five. That's unofficial. Uh, second attempt was a four eight six. So that's not bad. Yeah, that's no, not it's bad not at bad. all. That's, that's not bad. Faster than Winfrey ran. I think he ran what like a four eight eight. Maybe it was a high four nine. I don't know, but. Yeah, four eight six for an interior defensive lineman. Not too shabby. Eight one seven. At what point does A and M have too many defensive tackles and can't keep them happy? Well, we've been talking uh, about that for about, a while. How about right now? I don't know when they're going to start losing those guys to the transfer portal, but they've already got more defensive tackles than they know what to do with. Oh, here's Kendall on the text line. We know OU isn't going to offer anyone from a certain school in the nine one eight. Hashtag Ram Country. He's saying Owasso is not going to have any OU uh, offers this upcoming season. I mean, that's probably true, Kendall. But they, they had a player last year that had an OU offer, Kendall. You act, you act like it never happens. No, they did not get Cole Adams, but OU did eventually offer Cole Adams. So don't act like it's been 15 years since OU offered a player out there. In the end, you can't fault Cole Adams for picking Alabama over Oklahoma. I mean, it sucks that you didn't get him, but – if you're going to miss out on a kid, if you're going to lose a kid in-state, I don't know that there is a school that you would rather lose one of those battles to than Alabama because you can understand the kid's decision. You can understand the kid venturing out of the state of Oklahoma and down to Tuscaloosa to play for Nick Saban. Steven from Cleveland says, who would be ranked higher out of David Hicks and David Stone if they were in the same class? Thoughts? David Hicks would. I would agree with that, David too. Hicks would. Yeah. David Stone's really, really good. He's not David Hicks. Uh, so did LSU give Arch an offer? Yeah, pretty much everyone gave uh, Arch Manning an offer. And Arch just kind of – I don't know. Like It never really felt like LSU was totally in play for Arch Manning. It, it, it felt like it was Georgia, Alabama, and Texas yep. ever since like his junior year. Maybe and that's even pretty much what that. it was. By the end of it, it was Georgia and Texas. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was Texas. 405-651-3439. We still got a ton of text to get to on the Air Conference Solutions text line. We'll get to as uh, many as we can coming up next, plus more recruiting on the other side. Keep it locked in the ref. Final segments, locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the home of Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. How about Charlie Strong to Alabama as a defensive analyst? God, how many former head coaches has he had in the past 10 years that have uh, eventually been an analyst for his staff? 
Seriously, there are so that's, many, man. It's the yeah. Nick Saban career rehabilitation program at work right there. Yeah, Charlie Strong trying to be the uh, the next. Did you think he was going to work out at Texas when he got that job? No. You didn't? No. I'm going to put the T back in Texas. Oh, Texas has been soft all these years. Here's Charlie Strong. He's hardcore. He's going to bring the toughness back to Texas. And, boy, that didn't work out. What was he there, three years before he got fired? Three years and a loss to Kansas? He's out the door? A loss to Kansas. Back when a loss to Kansas was really something that caught people's eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's somewhat respectable now. (laughs) But back then, losing to Kansas was, like, one of the worst losses you could have in Power 5 football. Uh, Afternoon, fellas. Mick and Ada here. What's the word on DeMontre Hurst, Ada High football? Are you talking about former Sooner DeMontre Hurst? I, is, is he coaching at Ada? I have no idea I, what he's doing now. Gosh, I don't know either. No clue. I, I, hope he's, I hope he's doing well. It's cool if he's coaching somewhere. Or might he be talking about DeMontre Patterson? Maybe. I mean, I, I could see getting mixed up there. DeMontre Hurst, who used to play at OU. DeMontre Patterson is a guy I believe is at Ada High right now, starting to pick up some love from G5 schools and could potentially be a P5 guy. But... Needs to add weight. Real real skinny kid right now. Joe from um, Guthrie. Oh, no, go ahead. Finish that thought. No, it's all good. That was it. Joe from Guthrie, where is Mike Stoops at right now? Mike Stoops, uh, I believe this is his second year at Kentucky as the backers coach under uh, his brother Mark Stoops. Okay. I'd lost track of where Mike Stoops was, honestly. That's you news did? to me. Yeah. Well, remember the whole Texas deal? Remember? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yes, certainly. Yeah. I remember the whole Texas deal, and I remember that falling through. God, I can't and I never knew that. where he ended up after that. Was that Sark's first year? That was Sark's first year, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like Sark was not much more than a few weeks on the job when that all. Yeah. Worked out. So the scuttlebutt was that Sark was going to hire Mike Stoops as the linebackers coach at Texas. Apparently, it was it. It sounded like it was done. Mike was about to fly down to Austin and. I don't know if it was the fans or the donors that pretty much came in at the last second and said, we're not hiring Mike Stoops as our linebacker coach, but it sounded like Sark wanted that to happen, and he was told, you're not going to do this. Just still crazy to me. I believe Mike ended up at FAU that year, and now he's been at, uh, he was at Kentucky last year going into year two at Kentucky. And that is an example of the issues with Texas football that we talk about time and time and time and time and time again. Way too many folks involved in the decision-making process for that program's good. Zane says, did Oklahoma not offer Josh Proctor from Owasso? They did. They just didn't get him. Yeah. Went to Ohio State instead. Is it three years in a loss to Kansas what they called OSU's offense for the better part of the 80s and 90s? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that, yeah, I think that's exactly the case. In case you missed the front of the show today, We're talking about OU throwing out a new quarterback offer yesterday to Samaj Jones out of Philly. 5'11", 203, got a Penn State crystal ball. You tend to think that he is a heavy Penn State lean. And you really tend to think that this was, it was a little bit of a message to Michael Hawkins Jr. Yeah. You know, just, they really want him. He's still their number one option. That has not changed. That will not change. But, he took the TCU offer yesterday, and you tend to think it's kind of a signal, like, "Hey, man, let's let's get this going. Let's let's go ahead and commit. Let's let's uh, let, let's pledge to OU and move forward here because you've got options, sure, but this shows that we have options as well if we want it." It's like the scene in The Office that's been turned into a very infamous GIF, where it's Michael Scott 
and Andy and Dwight all pointing finger guns at each other <laughs> because all three parties are ready for this thing to be over. Right? All three parties are trying to push the timeline up. And it feels like that's OU's way of saying, okay, we want this thing done within the next couple weeks or we're going to move on. I know TCU and Kendall Bryles, they're ready to know whether Hawkins is coming or whether they need to pursue other options at the position. And as far as the Hawkins are concerned, I mean, I've said it time and again, their plan is to be committed by the end of March. I mean, here's the reality of the situation, too, is in terms of the guys that OU has offered, I would want or I would take Michael Hawkins first out of, out of any of them. I, like, my opinion, I think he's the best option. But if Michael Hawkins, for whatever reason, ends up picking TCU, OU's going to get a quarterback in this class, and they're probably going to get a quarterback that's a four-star or better. I mean, would you not agree with that? Like, Michael Hawkins would be my first pick, okay? And I'm not saying that I wouldn't be a little upset if he goes to TCU, but they're still going to get a quarterback in this class, Michael Hawkins or not, and he's probably going to be rated as a four-star yeah, higher, most likely. Be thrilled if you get Michael Hawkins, and be content if you don't get Michael Hawkins, because the fact that Oklahoma ended up with a legacy kid that's a blue chip that is, at the very least, somewhat willing to try and follow Jackson Arnold, that's about as good as you could ask for things to be at the quarterback position in the class of 20. It's not a do-or-die situation. You got no. Jackson Arnold, like you just said. The transfer portal is always there. Um, this, rec this recruiting class, 2024, for a quarterback, it's almost like a luxury thing. If you can add someone, that's just an added benefit, but... It's not the worst thing in the world if, you know, you don't get a five-star quarterback in this class. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.